Yeah. So last time I sat in this chair a week ago, I uh, was beginning to get sick. Yeah. <laughs> As keen observers can probably know. Yeah. You could probably hear it in my voice. And there was a lot of coughing off camera or off mic. There's no camera. <laughs> but then uh, I thought that it was just the start of a cold. And uh, I didn't expect to get I got knocked out of it like I haven't in years. I got I had three days of fever. My brain felt like plastic. I like c- couldn't think straight. Yeah, it was terrible. And I got to say, on the receiving end of it, you don't know how weird and dumb you were being. <laughs> like, what I do? Oh, every text. You should just go back to every text you've sent over the I've, last I week. I had like, t- you know, seventy-two hours of fever. Oh, I know. And I was. Were... I had my phone. Uh huh. <laughs> that was all. But like, everything is misspelled. <laughs> and nothing makes sense. And I mean, there's stuff in the like the the uh, the spread art group text that like you're responding to stuff in like really weird ways. Oh, really? Saw. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was all like when I saw Shiva the other night. She was like, "Summer's sick, isn't she?" And we're like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's sick." What What did I even say? I don't even know. Well, it's just, I was, it was like, like responding. You to, were responding to I was stuff, but there were like TV shows I was watching. Oh, to that you. was good. Uh, <laughs> but it was. There were just like dates being like mentioned in the chat, and you were like, "Oh," <laughs> and they're just like they're weeks apart from each other, and you're like, "Oh no, they conflict," and <laughs> <laughs> and just like really prime typos, yeah, that just like weird. Oh, weird ones. Oh, no. <laughs> Look through. Just you've left yourself. So I know that you ran out of TV during your sickness, <laughs> yeah. but you kind of left yourself. Uh, uh, a bit of self-forensics that you can do. Oh, fascinating. Uh, but just embarrassing things I said to people? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was not well. No, so definitely my not. Fo- my phone should have been removed from my possession. I mean, I don't think I said anything no, like, no, you didn't bad, say anything bad. bad. I'm not like, it just was like, like a silly, like I definitely, the last one I remember sending to you is, Roger Ailes looks like the Baron from Dune. Oh, yeah. That was when I was watching the Murdoch family yep. series. Yeah. Oh, and, and then that's the thing. Like, none of those words are spelt right. <laughs> so I was like, Roger, that's going to be, that's Roger Ailes. He does look like the Baron from Dune. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. It was like, I just, I haven't had that kind of, because I don't, I don't think anyone does well with, you know being sick but i especially once i get oh once like, you... i try to fight through it uh-huh like i'm not sick i'm not sick i'm not sick and then when i give in when it's bad enough that i give in and i'm like i'm really sick and i like stop doing everything and i'm just like at home i i get so i feel like i just go oh Ooh. you go baby real quick yeah you go down <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and it it wasn't COVID. I tested negative, yeah. so it's flu or RSV. I or... think we already got the flu. Why do you say that? Well, we got the flu in New York. Well, we had a stomach thing after that, right? Or were we sick? Sick? We I were can't sick. Even sick. Remember. We were really sick. That was the we did an episode of this podcast that we're doing right now where we were really we, sick, and we had to delete it 
because it we had to redo it. It's one of our only redos because on playback we were so sick it yeah. was unlistenable. Oh, I, I, I do remember the flu this episode. It's funny because I just was thinking like I I haven't been that sick in a long time, but I guess we were sick a few months ago. But it wasn't this le- that same level. Oh no no no! You got the RSV. I was like sweaty in my bed. I mean, barely left my bed for three days. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So I was. So I thought RSV was for babies. Like, well, I mean, you are. I a am baby. a baby. It kills the... babies. Uh-huh. You know, it's a it's a baby killer. Okay. Uh, but adults can get it. It'll take the the old out too. Does it does it uh discriminate based on how much inner child you let into your That must be it. It detects your whimsy. Right. And, and it it goes for the whimsy center. Yeah. It felt like it because you know, I think that I have a lot of whimsy. <laughs> and my whimsy was destroyed. Manic pixie dream flu. That's what they call it. <laughs> Yeah, that was crazy. If you can uh, not get that, please, listeners, try not to get that. Because, uh, wow. Man, you still look terrible. <laughs> well, <laughs> this is me. I'm just, uh, this is this is an audio medium, so I'm not. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to like make you feel bad. I'm not. I'm not on the attack. <laughs> I'm just painting a picture for the listeners. Oh yeah, I mean. I did glance at a mirror and I was like, man, I look terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was a uh, it was like uh like trippy. Yeah. Trippy how out of it. I mean, but if you're not feeling like I I kind of like want to take you to the hospital. No, no, no. I'm better. You're this better? Is me being better. You, it's so I'm telling you, this is the best I've been in days. I thought, honestly... So we should have taken you to the hospital. Well, there was a moment where I was actually like, I never want to go to a doctor because, you right. know, my experience with doctors... Mm. Doctors. Anecdotally. Uh, is that uh, when they see you, they find all the things that are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have to go to more doctors. Like, bitch, what's up with your teeth? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I find that the more you avoid doctors the more you avoid doctors you know right right doctors send you to more more doctors doctors. and uh it's a real one doctor means like a lot of doctors and no doctors means no doctors know what i mean right (laughs) this is my uh motto no doctors means no doctor no doctors a day keeps the doctors away (laughs) i mean up until so far it was working really really well but yeah, no, I had a moment where I was like, I might need doctor because I got, I, I had the, like, I feel like usually you can kind of feel when you're at the worst uh-huh. of a disease. Right, right, right. And I thought I was there. I was like, this has to things. be it. I'm peaking. I, I'm <laughs> peaking on sick. That's what I, I was like, I must have peaked on sick. I'm going to go to sleep and surely I will feel better in the morning. And then the morning came and I felt so much worse. There was a new, a new uh, you know, new challenger unlocked. Exactly. And uh, it turned out you can get, it gets sicker. And I was like, if it keeps going, I'm, I'm in trouble. But luckily that was the peak. Ah, <laughs> uh, second peak, second peak. Yeah. Second boss. Uh huh. 
I've right. him. You unlocked its true power level. Right. Anyway, how have you been? What did you do this week? I mean, I've <laughs> been back on the stream grind, which you can go to twitch.tv slash a ton of. I'm back. Yes, that is where, so uh, on Twitch, you started this during the pandemic when you were hiding in a cabin in the woods. Yes. Uh, Scott will be on live stream uh, on a schedule that you can see. You po- I mean, sometimes you keep it daily or weekly, depending on uh, how busy you are. But if you want to keep up with the schedule, you usually post it on the Discord, right? I post it on the Discord and on my Insta story. But that's uh, twitch.tv slash a ton of. Yes, it is. A-T-O-N-U-V. Correct spelling. And uh, Scott will give you uh, free mix feedback. So if you uh, come during a certain time, is that right? Or what? Or is it any time? Any time if I'm, if I'm online. Okay. Yeah. There's uh there's like instructions or you'll instruct people. Uh, oh, and yeah. you can either, if you're one just interested in... Uh, the art of mixing and uh, do you talk about mastering on it? Too? Oh yeah, yeah. So if you're interested in engineering uh, and you want to know more, uh, you can just watch and learn, which is really cool. Like Scott will play tracks that people send, and then uh, and then we do audio forensics on it. Yeah, uh, and then yeah, you basically talk through like what moves you would suggest to people, and then uh, you can send in your own. Uh, mixes at any stage that they're in, right? Oh, yeah, and you get people coming back, sending it like they oh they do work on it. Yeah. They come back. Um, I've got and it's fun. It's like it's international. You know, people are from all over the place. We got like L.A. to the like Eastern Bloc, uh, mm-hmm. totally covered on stream. So it's really it's really fun. Sweet. Yeah. All right. Cool. So you've been back on that. I've been back on that grind. The Twitch friends. Twitch friends, all of my Twitch friends. Uh, you played me a very Beatlesy song today. I did play a Beatlesy song, and you know what? This is I Don't Heart Radio. Uh, this could be your next favorite band. Awesome, <laughs> nailed it. So, uh, yeah, I went through the week's releases, and I came upon uh, Philippian Yes, and. There's there's a lot of like really interesting stuff going on here. They've got an album that's coming out in January. There are three songs uh, that are out right now. And I just listened to them like over and over and over. There's like there is the Beatlesy thing, the guys doing a Paul McCartney thing, but then the more that you listen through the available tracks, you see that there's like there's a lot going on. It's really well recorded and the the moves and the changes and the songwriting is constantly taking you by surprise. Like the every time you listen to it, you notice another thing that's uh-huh. a little bit like left of center. Yeah. And um, what's really fun about it is that it is in um, Calatan, which is, and that's like a whole uh, like fascinating like. That you know, kind of hinting at the B part, but um, uh, so are you just gonna talk about uh, Barcelona? Yeah, we'll talk about Barcelona. Okay. Um, so within Spain, there are autonomous zones that have like their own regional identities. It's yeah. federalism without federalism. I'm, I'm f- 
familiar. So I've been to Barcelona a few times, and uh, yeah, like you start when you go to Barcelona, you see all the like the the flags, and you're like, uh, what are what are those? They're not the same as Spain. Um, yeah, that's because well, uh, there's like an entire group that's like we're not. Um, the the Catalan Catalan people are, you know, it's a. Uh, I, all I know is there's a huge division. Oh basically. yeah, I mean we'll we'll go like all the way through it. Um, but as far as talking about Philippine, yes, uh, it's just really the. So this is all in Catalan. Uh-huh. So it's not Spanish. It's not Portuguese. Uh, it's uh, it is its own like root language, and. What's really fun in hearing it in song form, I, I did like a deep dive on it, is that it approaches like pronunciation in the same way that English does, as far as like consonant clusters. What do you mean by that? So English is one of, um, so like Spanish yeah. is vowel, consonant, vowel, consonant. Uh-huh. You know, it's uh, uh, like a closed consonant and then an open vowel, um, banya. Uh-huh. You know, so B A N A separated, uh, like, uh, so the way um, Filipino, uh, like it's you, you will have like set pronunciations for like the five closed vowels, and then you construct around that. Uh huh. Linguistics. Okay. Um, we have like even um, English. Uh, if you just think about the words that we have, uh. You know, the the fact that, like, English is seen as, like, kind of a clunky language because it's, when you write it out, it could be pronounced a million different ways. Uh-huh. You know? So, Catalan functions in that same way, where a cluster of consonants is going to uh, affect, like, how it's uh, pronounced. Okay. You mean, like, what's, what's surrounding the... Yeah. Okay. And then you also you, you also just have to know the language like in the same way that you just have to know that English like oh yeah that's just pronounced like that the 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 phenomena that's very common in English is where you'll hear someone like mispronounce a word uh, because and, and then you can go like oh you've you're mispronouncing that word because right. you've never actually heard it spoken you've only read it yeah and it. Uh the way you're pronouncing it probably makes more sense than right. how it's actually pronounced. Exactly. <laughs> so, right. So the, so the, the trans, the translation of just like seeing the word to speaking the word is like this whole other, like psychocultural phenomena. Uh-huh. Same thing with Catalan. And when you listen to it in song, it, it does this thing where it kind of feels like, even though it's just like, like, uh, cause I have no, familiarity with it because it's like i speak a little bit of spanish uh and english uh (laughs) and uh you know sometimes i can kind of like you know sideways make out what something is uh getting at sure this is pure gibberish Uh uh-huh you know like there's no grounding to it but i feel like i get the gist of it like the way that it's uh uh delivered Uh uh-huh do you think that's through the just like through the musicianship, or you're saying that's like via the language I, having this similar? I'm just wondering if it's like via the le- because uh-huh. it has like the similar delivery and like pronunciation because it it feels like it's 
I mean, I guess it's like this weird combination of this like dream state that's being put out because it does it pulls on like very like familiar Western pop tropes, uh-huh. and then you know it has a language that's kind of pronounced as you know which one or the other is putting me into that state that's like oh yeah I get it uh-huh. you know either way that's either the state yeah that you're finding yourself or, in or state or is it a, a combination of the two uh-huh. um, but it differs from because like we cover a lot of like um, Netherlands stuff and Eastern European stuff and even when they're you know, singing in English, like through the delivery and the accent and everything, you're like, oh, this is like, uh, this is Bjork speak. Uh huh. Or this is, you know, uh, I kind of, that, even in like that broken English, I'm like, oh, that's Bjork broken English, you know? Uh-huh. Uh, cause I'm <laughs> nationalist against the Icelandic people. Uh, <laughs> I'll Bjork speak. Um, <laughs> We this love the Bjork speak. It, it's <laughs> like the uh, the weird soup that's being made with the language. It just is like bypassing some sort of like language center in my brain, yeah. and it isn't. I'm not hearing it as like uh, as like a different dialect, even though I have n- you know no, no idea, idea what it yeah. is. Though they that's do say Monday or Thursday at one point. There's one bit of pigeon. There's one line. <laughs> But but that's even fun because you're like, oh, is it English? Oh, no. But it doesn't. <laughs> and I guess that that's like part of like the weird like language connection is that the fact that there is one line of pigeon and it doesn't feel like it's breaking because uh, uh, like uh, there's like um, there are other like examples like Italian that goes like, oh, we'll just do a line of English in uh-huh. here and you'll hear that. and You're like, oh, that's kind of. Like, that's breaking the flow a little bit. Yeah. Whereas this, it just goes into from, like, whatever wonderful uh, gibberish into Monday or Thursday, and it just keeps on going, and you're like, hell yeah. Blah, uh-huh. <laughs> blah, 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 Monday or Thursday. Absolutely. I'm in for the ride. Yeah, yeah. I mean, did you lo- do you know anything about what, the, what it's about? <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know. You just felt like the flow was very digestible. I just loved the flow. <laughs> yeah, okay. I mean, uh, I have. I don't know that I've heard... You know, I've just, I, I don't think... It's weird because you showed me that song and I was like struck by... I was like, oh, this is really Beatles-y, psychedelic. I didn't notice that it wasn't in English. Exactly! <laughs> it's like, it's like the, when you started talking about that, I was like... I didn't I didn't I couldn't tell you any words from it. I couldn't tell you anything I you know, but and I'm usually very lyric focused. Yeah. But I also didn't notice it wasn't in English. That's very strange. <laughs> right, because it just has the because I think that even if I played, you know, something from Bjorkland uh-huh. and even if it was in English, I think that it would be like noticeable. Yeah. You know? Uh-huh. But this is, there's just something about like how our brains are wired and how language was formed in the first place that whatever, whatever is happening in our own internal world, it's just our, our brain picks up on it and it goes like, hell yeah, brother. Yeah. I mean, it just like washed over me and I didn't, uh, I was just like listening more to the, I don't know, to the music and yeah, yeah. 
there's just something about and, and then if you if you listen to the three tracks that are out because again there are three tracks out right now full album comes out in january i think that there is something i could not stop listening to it because of this weird like it's a, it's a combination of the music being very you know hypnotic in and of itself it's it is pulling on that psychedelia thread but the fact that it's just doing something weird with my brain. Yeah. It's it's very interesting. The, uh, also, I think part of how it pulls you in is that, I mean, so the the close micing thing, which yeah. obviously, like, it's like most people close mic things these days, right? Yeah. I, I, it's not, it, it used to be, it was like a, a time, it was like a revolutionary. Highly controversial, yeah. yeah. Con- controversial, revolutionary, now it's like what most people do. But I don't think people um, like emphasize the sound of that they're close miking. Does that make sense? Right. It's like you're the, close like miking without. It. It's close miking to get the tone, but then like an obfuscation of it. Yeah, it, I think that uh, yeah, when people record, most people are close miking, but then there's also it's a combination of that in the room mics and. Uh, a bunch of other production tricks to to yeah exactly close yeah. mics used for tone but not used for um, the for the emotional effect of being up close yeah and this sounded like a magnifying glass yeah like it it sounded like looking through a magnifying glass at like the tip of a drumstick hitting yeah the, i love the drum yeah. tone on it uh-huh. Uh, and, and then you hear, and it's on like the piano too, Yeah, like every yeah. single element, the more that you get into it and you listen over and over, it's just very fascinating production. Yeah. Okay. So this is an album that's going to be out in January. And is there other music out already? No. Okay. This is their first release. I, I have, uh, as far as there's no press there's nothing out there. There's just their Bandcamp bio, which I ran through Google Translate. So let's... Uh, <laughs> okay. Let's see. It is always said that good things take time, and the same is the case with Philippine Yes, who now decides to take off with the release of what will be their first full length three years after their first meeting. So uh, this band got together three years ago. They've been writing and practicing and recording and this is the first thing that they're putting out do you think they've been doing other stuff too why would you be i bet they i bet they've been hanging out and watching movies you think you think they're you think maybe they're big like, movie heads maybe they're like getting dinner and- oh they ate dinner <laughs> Okay, I don't know. Yes. Wow, you've painted a whole backstory. These boys watch movies and eat dinner. Th- that's what we've inferred. Just add, you know, you're just, we're just going to focus on their practicing and their, you know, we got to focus on those other aspects of what they might have been doing. Maybe they got in a fight two years wow. ago. Wow. Okay. Yeah, you're filling in the details. But then they texted each other, I love you. Yeah. And they, that was all good. This is an album cooked and recorded by themselves. So don't know where the... I don't think that they cooked it. Well, I love that. I mean, So yeah. that's either like what it says or it's in translation messed up, but I love that. I, I, yeah. I wish... I hope that is this what is it says. This is a home-cooked... This is literally a home-cooked album. Farm to table. 
Uh, this they recorded themselves in Philiplandia, which is an inhospitable place where the project was born, and it cradles their first compilations, compositions. So it was recorded somewhere shitty. What what's Philiplandia? I don't know. I'm okay. assuming a place in Spain. All right. Yeah. Uh, the title of the record is Five Stars. I like it's, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like a and lot of this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's not uh it's not five stars spelled out, it's five s- stars. Oh. Yeah. So it defi- Very, like, it defies translation. Uh-huh. It it it, uh, it extends beyond language. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's pretty I, that, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Cuz who what is someone going to give five stars four stars? That you would look like a real dick. You would. You would look like you clearly don't you don't even know how to get the name right. Yeah. It's like look, no no no, you just got this wrong. This is this album's five stars. Right. <clears throat> Uh, so it, it's called Five Stars. It's 12 songs full of stories and whispers, elegance and longing, which gives us the first clue with his expected single, Yeah, It Doesn't Rain. That's the single name? The first single's name? Uh, Yeah, It Doesn't Rain is the name of the first single. <laughs> All right. Well, it's cool so far. I'm excited to hear more. Well, I mean, there's more information oh, about I'm this sorry. album. I thought I thought that was it. No, there's more, and it's it's wonderful. Okay. Between these five stars, we find songs that talk about destiny. They ask us if everything is written to fulfill our wishes. They transport us to informal parties where star cocktails are drunk. Trips to space on Rocket 177. They tell the story of the Intercontinental Hotel and show us places without words, unsolved riddles, and old beliefs. What a fun collection of words! Yeah. There's a lot going on. They're taking us places. They're asking us if we can defy our destiny. I like how they say in between five stars. Yeah. Like, it makes me feel like I'm opening a book. It's like between the covers, you know? We even come across characters who are part of the group's universe, such as Stevie, the unconditional friend of the band and driving force who has been able to guide them through this process, where all these melodies and rhythms have taken shape. They've got a friend named Stevie! (laughs) He just encourages them to make music! He or she? What if it's a Stevie Nicks? Right. I inferred possibly sexistly. Yeah, how dare you? Okay. I went immediately thinking a lady because I was thinking, you know... Of Stevie Licks. I was... Yeah, uh, the dog. The dog, yes. yes. Brave and brilliant pop songs that dive into the 60s and 70s, yes... Uh, embracing the psychedelia of the time and the unique musical and countercultural energy it represented. Listening to their songs, we can also appreciate current references such as the unbridled guitars of Big Thief, the, un- the surprising beats of Holy Hive, or the delicacy of Sparkle Horse. 
uh, live, Philip and Yes are able to tear apart molds, taking the songs to a new level, and then bring us back to Earth with the elegance that characterizes them. It's members already involved in different groups in the Catalan scene. Uh, oh, okay, so this is like a super group. This is a Catalan super group. Cool. Uh, we got uh, Carles uh, Guilera on bass and lead vocals, Biel Salsana on keyboards, Joan Valbona on electric guitar, and Joan Tournay on drums. Comes out January 27th. Cool. Are you going to tell me more about uh, what is happening in Barcelona and the Catalan people? Well, I am, and I got to like... We're going to flow right into what I think is very... Because I got really into the autonomous zone uh, nature of Catalan. Like Portland? (laughs) Uh, The autonomous zone was in Seattle. Really? Yeah. It wasn't Portland? No. Oh. Man. Yeah. My memory's totally off on that. Yeah. I thought it was Portland. No, Portland was where a lot of things happened, but the (laughs) autonomous zone was in Seattle. What happened to it? Oh, well, I it basically got overrun by violent, like, uh, kind of like, mm, you could call them warlords. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. They took over the autonomous zone. Yeah, they did. How big was the autonomous zone? I, I think like a few city blocks. Very small for Very the warlords. Very small for an autonomous zone, yeah. Yeah, did it, it's no longer? No. <laughs> It didn't, which, I mean, this does, <laughs> so the, the nature of uh, an autonomous zone, and then as we get into, like, the uh, the Spanish autonomous zones, uh, I, I was like, okay, what is the autonomous zone? What defines it? Why does it exist? And then I went, oh, yeah, the Spanish Civil War. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I'm often forgotten about. Really forgot uh, about? I'm sure not by them. Oh, but. no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, this is one of those times that I was like, okay, this is one of those events that gets like one afternoon of history class that if you kind of, yeah. if that, that you kind of get like an overview of like, there were people and they did a civil war. But, uh, and, I've certainly done more reading on it as like an adult, but not very much. And over the last, it's just really weird because over the last like few weeks, I just keep like waking up and going like, what about the Spanish Civil War? Like, you it's mean been, it was coming up for other reasons or it, was it has com- randomly? It's been <laughs> randomly coming into the forefront of my brain. That's strange. It is you- really strange. <laughs> <laughs> I don't It's just nothing. Prompted? From nothing, literally, like, uh, huh. uh, like Tilly, my dog, woke me up in the middle of the night, and I was like, "The Spanish Civil War, like, what?" I feel just like it's not. Uh, I You've I feel like cold. I don't know enough about it. Okay, and uh, and I feel like no one knows enough about it. Uh, <laughs> was <laughs> just like this compulsion that I've had. Okay. And then I listen to this band and uh-huh. I go like, oh, they're from the Catalan Autonomous Zone. What's that? Oh, Spanish Civil War. 
God damn it. God damn it. <laughs> I knew this was important. I knew it was important. So I spent the last little bit like going like, okay, I got to just like read a whole lot about the Spanish Civil War. And I don't think that enough people know enough stuff about it. Yeah, I mean, it was coming up a little bit in something I was reading recently. Uh, it was like when I was reading about like surrealism stuff, right? Oh, because it's it's, it's very, like a, it's, it's a cultural lines. crucible. Yeah, it's it's intertwined with that and the Dada movement. Yeah, and everything. Yeah. Well, I think that it defines. So the thing is, is that like as I like read more and more, I think that it defines the modern era more than World War Two does. As far as like uh, how people actually think about things and like political definitions and historical ramifications and like cross uh, cross cutting with culture, um, how we think about art, what is uh, like disseminated into society, I think stems more from like the 30s than the early 40s. Uh, and has the the Spanish Civil War has more consequences for those like uh, art scenes and the people involved. All right. So what kicked it off? Okay, it was kicked off by um, basically a hundred fifty years of civil wars. <laughs> like, pr- like there, there's just. Uh, the monarchy is taken down in the early 1800s, uh-huh. you know, because like up until like pretty relatively recently, we just had kings, right? you know? Uh, so Spain was kind of towards the tail end of everyone getting rid of their kings in the first place um, with, uh, I guess that they beat out Russia, you know, because the Tsars held power until like you know the early 1900s uh-huh. but uh you know they're late from the french revolution etc cetera, etc cetera. and from 1820 until 1900 the monarchy would occasionally take power again so there was just 80 years of like we revolt against the monarchy and then enough people were like we kind of liked having a monarchy uh-huh. we we're kind of into it so we're just going to install them back into power we're going to have a king again uh, so it was bad. just it was just kind of like ah oh, the king's bad we kill the king we oust the king we send them to Italy uh, we have a we prop up like a weird version of democracy uh, that is ineffectual and then uh, ooh we don't like it it's ineffectual government what about a king again so that's like up to 1900 and then there's a history from 1900 to 1930 of, okay, what if we just had, like, a military dictatorship? few years of that, and then, like, ah, eh, not into the military dictatorship, we'll do a vote. Who have we elected? A general. <laughs> and what do they do? <laughs> Make a military dictatorship. Don't want that. <laughs> Let's, uh, and, and so it just does that for uh for 30 years so and and then within those like uh governments and revolutions there are like light civil wars but they're not the spanish civil war Uh uh-huh um all of this is also free just a little a light dropping of right a A light revolution taste uh 
and and there's always this kind of like pullback. And, and I guess that that's what's, you know, because like the French Revolution, they were just like, we're going to cut all their fucking heads off. Uh-huh. And... That was the end of the monarchy. Yeah, effect, you, effective. Very effective. And then there was always just someone like pulling back, like a a liberal monarchist that was like, "What if we negotiated with the king?" And then it was like, "Okay, I guess." And then they didn't just like chop their fucking head off. So then, oh look, the king's back. Uh-huh. Is kind of the 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 history that we get into, like leading up to the Spanish Civil War, uh-huh. uh, which I I think that that attitude is a little bit of foreshadowing into why we then have the Spanish Civil War. So there are all of these, like, light revolutions, light, itsy-bitsy civil wars uh-huh. uh, that then lead to the formation of the uh, Spanish Republic uh, in 1930. And all of these skirmishes and, uh, you know fights, light light little things, they're all revolving around the fact that Spain is made up of, like, a very uh, diverse and disparate, like, uh, regional groups. Yeah. And it's basically hard to get them to agree on stuff. So, you know, a king going, like, we all agree on this uh, is immediately appealing to, like, the like grand nationalists that want to see like a unified Spain. Uh-huh. But then there's always a pushback on this monarchy because there are like groups and regions that have no desire to become part of like a blob. Right. Yeah. So it's always the uh, the thread that like is constantly being pulled from 1820 to 1930 is just that uh, there are uh, steadfast groups that will not be, uh, like, they will not accept authority from a centralized Spanish government. Like, it just won't happen. Uh-huh. So Sovereign citizens. Sovereign citizens. <laughs> but also, it's just, like, it's a degree of, fr- you know, it's it's no, freedom. I they want to, like, yeah. you know, it's... it's uh, it, it is like a step above a sovereign citizen in that that they have like a regional culture, they have their own language, uh, and they just don't want that to change. Right. I mean, there's positives and negatives to being a blob of things. If right. each state was its own state in the un- uh, its own country rather in the United States, it would be a you know a a very different situation. Um, I think there's something beautiful to our forced working together as one unit, and there is something very difficult. <laughs> well, I mean that's that's federalism and anti-federalism. Right, yeah. Like that's that like that's the original American fight. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And and again, it just plays out kind of over and over again. And like, how are we, especially when there are just like set cultures uh, that really would like to remain their own set culture. So 1930, they're like, okay, we're going to make a Republic of Spain and we will have uh, like a centralized government, but then, you know, regional representation and we're going to do that whole thing and we're going to like maintain our, uh, you know, uh, our regional identities, but then have a centralized government so that we can like have 
roads. Right. <laughs> you know? Uh, it's road time. Uh, so they form uh, the first, like, uh, republic government. And the thing is, is that overwhelmingly, it's like uh, 1930s socialists are, like, voted for heavily. And everybody goes, uh, or not everybody, just like certain people go, don't love that. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. kind of like a classic. Uh, and there's a lot of... Oh, uh, no, they're sharing the roads. They're sharing the roads. They made these roads. They're sharing the roads. Uh, you know sh- what they share next? What do they share next? Toothbrush. It goes roads toothbrush. Oh, and that is unforgivable. That is where, that is, that's like a degree of socialism that you, uh, like, I. oh, you got me. Yep. Can't, I won't take it. My own toothbrush. <laughs> I'm a I'm a landlord of this tooth. My my teeth are the landlord of this toothbrush. There will be no profit sharing with other mouths. You know, it's just it's a slippery slope. That's what I'm saying. Down those roads, you slide down that road. That's the you know, and then you're 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 sharing toothbrushes. You're sharing toothbrushes. All right, fair enough. So they elect a government and. Uh, it is basically, it's a coalition government of anarchists, socialists, communists, and then libs. And basically, uh, that is what makes up the, uh, the blob of the Spanish left. And then uh, opposing them are a loose cadre of monarchists, just people that they're like, okay, I'm going to run for government, but my goal in the government is to reinstitute a king. Uh-huh. Uh, fascists, just like literally like we are fascists. Uh, this is the the start of, uh, because it's a thing of like, oh, uh, a- anything I don't like is fascism, you know? But this is, uh, this is where the definition comes from, is just like the 1930s, we are the fascist party. We would like to uh, monopolize the state and uh, lead through authority. There we go. Here we go. Uh, so it's monarchists, fascists, and then like, uh, like hyper capitalists. Huh. And then they, you know, they form their opposition government, and they uh, basically ineffectively fight about who uh, gets the roads. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I so, love ineffective fighting. Oh, we love it. So it's like a couple of years of I that. I do. Yeah, you know, it's it's like it's pretty funny. Yeah. And, and also, like it does, like if it's just ineffectual fighting for forever, then kind of like no big fight. Uh huh. You know. But I'm sensing a big fight. Oh, there's. I know how but we that's started the problem. Conversation is that uh, uh, at some point the like endless little fights just turn into big fight. Uh huh. So, a couple of years of that. A couple of years of that. And uh, so, at this time, it's uh, it's a combination of like the first like centralized government that's like seen as legitimate by the highest number of people. So there's a uh, like a degree of industrialization and uh, like economic growth that happens during this time that hasn't been seen under prior regimes. But it's also corresponds with the Great Depression kicks off at the same time. So on the one hand, it is the best of times, and on the other hand, it is the worst of times, where uh, there are like global factors at play that are uh, impending, like crushing down on what could be like great progress. Regardless, 
there are uh, there are gains made in agriculture and in industry and all of these things. Uh, now, with these gains, there are labor disputes. And then one of the first like inciting incidents is there is a mass strike uh, during the reign of the liberal government. And uh, in this strike, the uh, the liberal government uh, goes and breaks the strike. Oh, no, this is sounding familiar to it what we literally just, just did. did. Yeah. So the thing is, is that uh, because the liberal government wants to make a uh, ne- they want to negotiate between the two parties. But ultimately, yeah. that negotiation is just like strike over union lose if you're not familiar this just happened over the the railroads in the u.s uh and they they were striking over one i mean there were a few there were a few things they wanted but the one that they uh that the government broke the strike over it was sick sick days days. uh which combined with the fact that rail workers have to work like 86 hour weekly shifts and uh uh, you know, don't get any time off. And they're also like, f- because the the companies that hire rail workers refuse to overhire, uh, you have to go to your, sh- you know, it's a combination of you don't get sick days and also you are compulsed to go to your shift because there aren't enough people to drive the trains that we all depend on. Yeah. 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 Very bad. So, in 1932, the Spanish government goes like, ah, there's too much hap- There's a Great Depression. Inflation is happening. We can't possibly have a labor slowdown at this moment. It would be so bad, uh, which then makes people really mad because they just uh, they just did 130 years of like revolution and revolution and revolution in order to have like labor rights. And then the people that they elected to protect their labor rights went like, yeah, labor yeah, rights summed. We love, we we love, love them labor in rights, theory. except for when they get in, in the way of uh, the essential uh, moving of the economy, which is literally the point of <laughs> labor, <laughs> labor striking. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, the yeah. Point. So that's the point. If it it's, didn't do that, then there then would be no the power. Would, yeah. You're not just striking like, oh, uh, the dildo factory is shut. Uh, not that it would be horrendous. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, <laughs> they're important. <laughs> but it has to, you have to exercise your power on like mass, like a mass scale, or else there isn't, there's just not enough pull there. Uh-huh. So, uh, you know, this loose coalition uh, government, uh, which is again, it's a, it's, Anarchists, communists, socialists, and libs. And the thing is, is that these are four groups that all fucking hate each other. Uh-huh. Is the is the core, and it's like an, an important thing that carries on. I would say to today is that this is like a a, a loose loose thread of negotiations in order to hold majority power. And then like monarchists, fascists, and hypercapitalists are just basically like hell yeah. <laughs> We're we're good to go, you know. We won't like break ranks with each other. Uh, so this uh, the strike is broken, and then there starts to be infighting on the left, where uh, basically anarchists and communists start making like street gangs 
that uh, start to regulate like the the labor market themselves with violence. Uh, so uh, there's just like a series of kind of like uncontrolled mini revolutions happening in like every city in Spain for the next four years, which uh, done by like a relatively small group of angry people, uh-huh. uh, which then turns into a whole uh, really fun bit of propaganda about how the uh, uh, you know, the libs are all secret violent communists, and so they're going to destroy your family. Uh, which then leads to uh, the uh, uh, the monarchists uh, taking, uh, winning an election in 1934. The Sweets. monarchists? Yes. So they, if they win the election, <laughs> do they just... Well, their their stated goal is choose a king. I thought a king's supposed to be like bloodline. Well, they they did like thirty years of just like we'll pick a cool general to be king, so they'd be cool with that. If like we could pick a cool general and then his kid gets to be cool general next. Okay, we just start. We just start a new one. Uh huh. We would just like to because yeah. We can't like find the bloodline anymore. It's just like we'll just start a new king. So they win an election. Also at the same time, uh, the uh, there are basically uh, the the labor unions are being real Bernie bros and refusing to allow women join the union. Uh-huh. That's happening at the same time. So it's 1934. There's like all sorts of misogyny happening. Uh, and... Uh, there's a, a dovetailing of women not being allowed into the labor market along with women being allowed to vote. So basically, uh, women elect the, uh, the like, light monarchy government. Oh, yes. interesting. Because, like, they're like, okay, you'll, you'll subjugate us, but these fucking Bernie bros are doing, like, Big misogyny to me. Uh-huh. Okay. So, you know, there's just like a little, yeah, there's a little fascinating angle there. Uh, they run the government for a couple of years. There is like little bits of like street fighting happening uh, with like, you know, the the far left and the far right of Spain just being uh-huh. like, uh, you know, they're like, uh, bang, 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 we would like labor rights and money. Uh, and also... Uh, you know, I'm pretty sure that these, like, fascists are going to, like, make us have a king again. Uh, so I'm pretty concerned about that. And then they're like, yes, we would love a king. Bang, bang, bang. Uh, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Uh, Bang, 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 back and forth. Yeah. Oh, all of this is to say that um, this is the part of history that's like the the like thirty pages of the Bible where it's just like Hamish begat, uh, blah 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 begat begat, where it's just like uh, they're running through leaders. They're running through. It's just that, except instead of begat, it's shot in the fucking face. It's just so much like casual. You like you go through the characters, and it's like. 
general so-and-so was having a house party and then he felt like a paranoid itch of that they were going to assassinate him so he shot everybody in the neck and then like this person was having a small fight with they were the like leader of the union for two months and then oh they got assassinated and then this person was the leader of the parliament for two months and then they got assassinated and it's just like an endless like it's just word babble of just like names that I couldn't possibly remember but it is the overall gestalt of it is that they are just shooting each other uh-huh. like often okay which then gets to the election of 1936 where uh the left forms the popular front which is like basically like okay what if the libs didn't have that much negotiating power what if it was a little more like labor focused uh and we're going to do popular front this time and that's what we're going to do that's the coalition uh, and go, election. And they narrowly win. The Popular Front wins the 1936 election, uh, which is then immediately followed with military coup. Uh, so <laughs> there we go. So the election results are not accepted. They are not accepted. Uh, that, is the, that is the defining moment. Now, uh, it's like in and does the- that spark it off? Yes. Uh, in the in the in the fair and balanced portion, the 1934 election in which like the monarchists like narrowly win victory, uh, the left was like this is illegitimate, uh, and then 1936 when the Popular Front wins, the right was like this is illegitimate. But then Seems they like killed it's everybody. Concerning when people right. are just calling elections illegitimate. It is concerning. Huh. Yeah. So you know what sucks? I I just because like I, I just hate I just don't. It's just war is so stupid. It's so like, dumb. This is a music podcast. You can't make like culture and art and all of the things that make life enjoyable go to the wayside. And yeah, like I, I beautiful things are born out of suffering and tragedy. But like, oh my god. I do not understand people's desire for bloodshed. It's just so gross and like what a useless way to spend your limited time in the world. I I just really, this is a call to the people right here from this podcast. Please don't make us do that here. <laughs> we would love to not do a war. I would love to not do a war. It just, you know, catch me hiding in a cabin in the woods. (laughs) Now, that said, I had this, like, beautiful analogy about how, like, the the search for an ideal, like, way of, like, living your life and governing your people, that there is, like, a thread on creativity there. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. That... Uh, and and th- this is where, like, the meat of it is. So, I mean, that's, like, all a preamble to, like, the actual Spanish Civil War because that's just, like, those are the brewing tensions and the brewing, like, problems and the, you know, the ideologies and philosophies involved. But then it, like, kicks off into, like, full-on ground war with a military coup and then, uh, like, certain regions of Spain allying with the 
the nationalist forces, the ones that want to make the big central blob, and then those aligning with the uh, the republic government that had just been elected. Uh-huh. Does like a splitsies. Sure. And I think it's just really interesting the inner conflicts of the republic um like structure and army like more so than the 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 fighting between the nationalists and the like the republic is like a big hole it's the infighting that's very interesting that i think like um extends into uh how we think about making stuff and art okay um because the the kind of like core uh conflicts within the republic are the um the traditional uh like the the liberal party uh which are basically uh, they're just pushing for like what if we just did kept doing democracy and just like we just like hey we'll uh forgive and forget we'll have another election and we'll we'll just do that uh we'll also like defending territory and then the uh the outside forces acting uh, within the like further uh, leftist elements of the Spanish army, uh, notably, uh, what the USSR contributed to the Spanish army. Uh, so, when the fighting starts between the two big factions, uh-huh. uh, the nationalist forces. Uh, they're immediately their allies uh, internationally are Italy under Mussolini and uh, Germany, uh-huh. Hitler, right, and all of that, and up and coming, up and coming, thinking about getting stuff done. So, what's interesting there? Italy just like throws everything at it. Mussolini is like, this sounds great. We're going to have this whole region, Italy to Spain, all fascists all the time. Just get those trains running on time between the two. Everyone will be happy. Right. He gives them uh, airplanes, troops, money, everything, like full-on resources. Hitler thinks of it as uh, a way to bleed the USSR. Uh-huh. Uh, so he doesn't commit, like huge amounts of troops or money he does training he has like generals go in and do like okay this is how you shoot so on and so forth he gives a couple of tanks some money but doesn't uh commit nearly as uh you know fervently as italy does mm-hmm. uh because on the other side us the ussr has declared support for the uh republic army and mexico that's it all other like the league of nations america uh, they recognize the republic government as the elected government, but don't do like uh, support of their forces because they keep hearing that they're full of communists, and that makes them feel icky. <laughs> so <laughs> that's the that's where it's at. Now, there's like two like misconceptions of what is happening that basically shape the uh, what's to come with World War II because the uh, Hitler's making this assumption that 
the USSR is going to like overcommit to uh, the Republic Army, uh-huh. and that that will be a way to split the uh, their attention so that Germany can like build up forces, and that ultimately his big goal yeah he's got a is plan. to like take Russia uh-huh. and. They've uh, like this is famously like the like, oh, Stalin was the first one to make a pact with Hitler uh, because uh, Germany had like military bases in Russia at this time. And they had like formed like a tenuous peace agreement that basically neither party intended to keep like that's the the thing like Hitler was like, you know, they both had like their fingers behind their back. Like, yeah, we absolutely promise not to do war with each other. But always in the cards. They were just both going to do war with each other. Uh-huh. So Hitler was like, okay, before I do war with them, I want them to do a big war in Spain. And they've committed their support to Spain, to the Spanish communists. So that's going to be their whole thing because like communists love each other. Uh-huh. Uh, is like Hitler's big brain move. Uh, and then every and everyone's kind of like communists love each other. This is gonna be they're gonna like uh, okay we're kind of scared of communists, but they're gonna they're gonna dump all of this attention into this civil war, and uh, you know, bing bang boom taken care of. Here's the thing, uh, Stalin used the Spanish Civil War as basically the big the big things that the USSR committed to uh, like their their notable acts during the Spanish Civil War are uh, assassinating uh, Trotskyists on the uh, on the side of the Spanish Republic. Uh-huh. Okay, so they're not really helping with the whole no disagreement they, part. No, the, no, 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 no. Yeah. They don't uh, they're not doing they're not like committing fighting forces to the nationalist army. They're sending in like special forces and then once they get into Spain they mostly just assassinate, uh, like, Trotsky-style socialists, which uh, is, like, the core, like, thread to uh, creativity, I think. What? <laughs> okay. So. It's not where I thought you were going to go there. Uh, when the Russian Revolution happened, uh, so this is, like, we have to go back, ooh, back to 1900. Um the like you got a whole thesis today there's a whole thing i got i've just been thinking about this so much so you know like lenin does like uh okay what if we didn't have kings you know Uh and then they go like chop their fucking heads off blop 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 and now we have this new government uh so within the like the next level down from lenin uh, there's like Stalin and Trotsky, and Trotsky was like the the like head general of the like communist revolutionary army, and like uh, uh, a pretty like galaxy brain thinker. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And his core thing was uh, that we must have a constant revolution. Was his uh, was his core tenet. Uh, which again goes back to like and which makes him an unpopular guy at the party. Uh, in the same way that, like, Thomas Jefferson, once the revolution happened in America, Thomas Jefferson's thing was, like, I think we should rewrite the Constitution from scratch every 20 years. Uh-huh. Uh, which is the same 
which was also like, boo, <laughs> we don't like that. Because essentially, the Constitutional Congress was like 55 rich guys who uh, like had re- led the revolution, and they all get together, and they kind of look at each other, and they go like, we got the bag. You know, like, uh-huh. okay, like, we did it, and now we coast. Like, right. these us 55 guys, we get to say what the rules are, and guess what? We win. Like, we personally can benefit off of this, and then we can, like, our sons can become president, our their sons can become senators, and, like, the sons of sons, and then it's just, like, a perpetual monarchy at that point. A son so, machine. Thomas Jefferson was like, what if we didn't just do Sun Machine? What if every 20 years we did this again? We all have to, like, we dissolve the government and then we build it again from scratch. And everyone's like, boo! And then, like, Lenin and Stalin, they got the bag in Russia. And Trotsky's like, what if we lived in perpetual revolution and we didn't allow, like, graft and bribes and kickbacks and we didn't just have a an unending chain of sons uh-huh. and they were like boo <laughs> you're fucking banished uh so that's like when someone says that they're like a trotskyist which is like you know some unfortunate boy in corduroy like uh professor patches that is like the core like tenant of it uh-huh. is a, a constant revolution of the proletariat where you are uh, constantly redefining like what power is and all of that. It's I think v- Tr- Troubleplex did that about every year. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Uh, but no, no, no. Those are stinky, stinky anarchists. That uh, is different than a Trotskyist. Because but that was a constant revolution. It is a constant revolution, uh, but without... This, this is uh, a, a DIY a, venue in Detroit. But at no point is there a defined power structure. There was somewhat. No, it's just like whoever assembled the largest number of concubines uh, to <laughs> to like be the loudest. Not that far off. Not that far off. The world at large. So that's that's happened in the USSR like twenty years prior, and then basically Stalin, upon seizing power, made it his goal to murder every Trotskyist that existed because that, like, threatened his bag. He was, like, really into, like, what if there wasn't a constant revolution? What if I won the revolution and I am king? Yeah, revolution over. (laughs) Yeah, revolution done. So all the... They spent all of their resources and time in Spain just killing other socialists. Uh, So that is... uh, So Hitler's... Uh, big uh, whoopsie daisy is he doesn't understand like uh, partisan infighting on the left. So Russia didn't exhaust shit. They just went in and did like assassin, 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 uh, and then left. Which ultimately, you know, 10 years later, Hitler loses. Hooray. Wait, what right. happened to Spain? Oh, it's fucked. So, oh, but the thing is, is that like the idea of a constant revolution, I think, is core to art. Yeah, I would say so. That uh, in art, that that there has to be a, a constant revolution. Like by revolution, do you mean like a rebuilding, uh, reconfiguring of the like? Uh, 
entirety of what you're trying to do, basically. Yes. <laughs> well, both like within the artist and within entertainment at large. Uh huh. I-, I think it has to be like both because like within. Like when you're working on something and if you get too set in like, oh, I figured out how to do it, so I'm going to do it that way. And then you're not like having your own little Trotsky on your shoulder being like, what if you just did it again in a different way? Oh, you mean like within the, yeah, I mean, I I think, I guess there's within the project, like within whatever you're working on, there are, are revolutions of thought. And then there's also uh, like within like the greater career of an artist, you know, uh, which I think they're they're pretty different. I think w- when you're saying like within a project, your little revolutions of what if I did it again, you're you're I think you're you're pulling a little bit from what uh, you and I had a lot of on this record, which was yeah. just, uh, uh, you know, spend a few days trying to mix a a drum take and it's just not sitting right. You know, a a mix, mixing it in where it should really take an hour and it's taking days to get the relationships right because there's something fundamentally not on about how it was recorded and just starting over instead of, and and seeing starting over from scratch as a, uh, the, as a, like a good option. Yes, exactly. Even though it feels like a uh, incredibly daunting option, because it is. Uh, what def- if there's just too much corruption built in to right, the mix? To the mix, but then I think that that's a thing that also I've always said about uh, artists in their careers, like zooming out. A lot of people, like audiences, hate when artists change over time right and like like i've said i think i've said this on the podcast like well, I mean, my I, favorite artists when they have really changed over time uh sometimes i don't like what they've changed to as much as what made me fall in love with their art to start but i'm happy to see them change well i think that it's like when someone drastically departs like from their like usual thing i think that they are met with like hate maybe yeah, but I think that when someone just does the same thing for fifty years, I think that they just fall into, uh, like obscurity. Yeah, and yeah. that I mean, and that when you look at like those big revolutions, like if if someone is able to like pop off on their uh on their revolutionary turn, that's then seen as like a defining moment in their career. Dylan goes electric. What's Dylan? Bob Dylan. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was thinking of the kid Dylan from Tor that I had. A- oh, right, right, right. <laughs> no, no, no. Bob Dylan. Okay, yeah. Which, like, it's funny because there, there is a point in Bob Dylan's career at which he stopped changing. Yeah. And yeah. so, like, to you, who isn't boomer-pilled, uh, like, you're just like, oh, Bob Dylan, the man who is Bob Dylan, right. like a monolith, because <laughs> uh-huh. it's too far removed from a revolution. But if you're boomer-pilled and you know like the like what Bob Dylan did on August 12th, 1961, because I took the boomer pill, uh, the thing is is that like Bob Dylan started as like a straight folk musician and just right. did no, a huge, I remember. Yeah, it was yeah, a yeah, huge yeah, yeah. deal when he went. It electric. was a huge deal and was yeah. met with huge resistance. But if he hadn't done that, he would have just been 
another like in the grand scheme of history he wouldn't have been dylan and then he did like uh basement tapes and shit in the early 70s which is again like revolution revolutionary and defining but that's like the last time that he did revolutionary and defining and then he's just fall you know then it's just 40 years of you know the same relying yeah. on the same program yeah i mean with with an artist that i really love of modern day i see that with the saint vincent uh mass seduction record as far as going like super radio right uh i think that that was a a lot of her like fans didn't love that but i think that it was a huge part of making her be a like undeniably uh key artist of a generation right a cultural force yes and then uh and then i don't know about after that <laughs> then i don't i don't well, know what she's doing now it's maybe bad. There, there, there has to be I, another revolution yeah, it's like the new revolution was being real boomery. Right. Bad revolution. But the I thing just, is is that if you're living in constant revolution it, as as like a mindset, okay? Yeah. Is that you can pull out you could go like, "Oh, whoops." Uh, you can pull out at, at any time. Yeah. Which is well, like a Bowie thing. Totally. Bowie lived in constant revolution yeah, and there up are until good like and not so good. Oh, yeah, there yeah. are some trash albums, but he there's I think that Bowie stands kind of apart because there is, like, in a lot of, like, examples of revolution and stagnation, you, you could see a point in an artist's career where they went, like, revolve, stagnate, revolve, you know, uh, but then there's a point where it's just stagnation. Yeah, right, and he never hit that. Never I hit it because the last album fucking rules. Yeah, you you hope you go out on a high note, right? <laughs> but yeah. uh, I I think that um, the the other thing is I think yeah. So there's a lot of people end on stagnate, and then there's also like the first revolution, the first like change. If it doesn't hit, people just go sometimes into oh like in depression. Yeah, and uh, there's a story that uh, a friend was telling about uh, a circus uh, a Cirque du Soleil. Uh, person who like w they they like uh were the director of shows and they they had a uh, famously directed the best Cirque du Soleil uh of all time like because there's different themes to each you know there's like a different uh shows within the Cirque du Soleil universe so they had directed the best one of all time like famously yeah. like written about as like the reviewed as like incredible you have to see this this is like the best ever uh and then they also directed the worst of all time and then they came back it was just like end career ending like yeah. how could this be from this person like horrible and then they came back after that and directed like a huge hit and and that like that arc being being able to come back from something that was the best to the worst to like, oh, this is good again, is, uh, uh, I guess that's a little bit of that mindset, right? That, yeah, you, that's <laughs> the, because if you're, if you're living in constant, like, this is my, uh, this is my TED talk, like, Trotsky as, uh, artistic fuel. Like, if you're living in constant revolution, then if, if your shit doesn't hit, you go like, oh, well, catch you on the next revolution. Yeah. That's the way. It's a hard way to think because it's also personal. 
when you're mm-hmm. making things. But it's uh I think that I, I at the very least like it'll keep you relevant and I think that's like a goal of most artists, right? I mean, I think that without staying relevant like without focusing on staying relevant, you definitely aren't going to hit with Oh yeah, exactly. Work. Yeah. yeah. Got to shoot your shot. Well, uh, this has been oh, a let me, very let me, big I, history we, lesson. I wasn't it, ending. Oh, not yeah. ended. Oh, okay. I thought you, that sounded like a tag. Well, I was, you know, heading towards wrap up. In my we early. are about to hit wrap up. What? What was? What were you? I was just going to end the Spanish Civil War. Okay. Yeah. With like, I think it a, a pretty important. So there's just like you know three years of civil warring. Okay. And uh, and then like. There, it is important to note that, like, you know, there was like the International Brigade, and that's like what George Orwell went and fought in. Um, and that was like a coalition of like global, uh, because no country officially endorsed the uh, Spanish Republic Army. Uh, but many people just went, like, ah, seems like it shouldn't just be people who want a king, you know? Uh, so, you know, people flooded in from all over the world and fought in the International Brigade, which was seen as a big morale boost, but also fairly ineffectual because it was like George Orwell. It was fancy boys <laughs> just like coming in going like, I think I can figure out how to shoot a gun. And they're like, nope, uh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, and, uh, you know, a few years of that. And then uh, the international, you know, the only international support that they had was Russia sending assassins to just assassinate their, like, leadership. Uh-huh. Uh, so uh, as it got towards the end, the uh, the liberal faction, because everyone all over the world was like, we would love to help, but you've got all of those stinky, scary communists. And they were like, okay. No, we disavow the communists and their, you know, guns and the anarchists and the socialists and their, like, labor ideals and all of these things that you think are scary and stinky. We Uh, just don't want a monarch. We just don't want the monarch side. So we are going to negotiate with every... We cut them out and perhaps the international community will come and recognize that we've cut them out and will extend a a good-natured negotiation to the fascist army uh, that if we don't do communism, can we just have democracy? Because we've disavowed them. We've personally assassinated a lot of them at this point. Uh, And, you know, it's just us. It's just these nice, friendly, like, flexible libs. Like, perhaps you will welcome us into our new coalition government. How do you think that went? I'm guessing poorly, by the way, you... (laughs) That I framed (laughs) it? Framed it, it, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah, the fascists just murdered them. And then uh, then Spain was, like, the longest-running fascist government in, like, uh, Western uh, history, up until the death of General Franco in 1978. It was that recently? Yeah. What? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I had no idea it was that recently. Yeah. That was one thing changed over. Yep. 
It took the death of the monarch. Huh. Yeah. Well, uh, that, so, <laughs> so how does that tie into the Catalan? Like, oh, fight. so, so, like, uh, at this exact moment, you know, like, Catalan is recognized as an autonomous zone because in the new Spanish government, it's, uh, it is again, it's seen as federalism without federalism, where, uh, basically any like region that wants to take as much power from themselves, uh, in a decentralized manner can. Okay. That's where we are. <laughs> I see. So it does recognize it's like and and this is the longest Spanish democracy in, you know, it's uh, at this point, 40 years. Uh, and then the core difference between the other attempts is that it recognizes like a a, a distinct cultural uh, separation of states. Uh huh. Neat. Yay. Well, that was a unexpected little little history, a little schploppa history. You've been having RSV? Yeah. I've been plagued with thinking about the Spanish Civil War. Well, I mean, that's, you know, it's nice to to catch up to what you've been thinking about. Uh, This is I Don't Heart Radio, and if you have a band we should cover, you can email us at idontheartradiopod at gmail.com, subject line. Uh, Stinky Anarchist. All right. And then also, uh, you know, I don't think I've been saying this the last few times. Please, if you like this, five stars. Five stars, please. Five stars. Um, Yeah. Uh, give it a review. You know, all those things. It actually, it totally helps with uh, getting the podcast out there. Uh, people have been listening and reviewing and sharing and it makes a huge difference and uh, we're really grateful so we'll see you next week see ya